So today we're doing a Talking Cars episode uh, and I have to say in the series that we're doing all about alternative fuel technologies, uh, electrification, kind of what different brands are doing, this one has really gotten me very very exciting and I think I think this one might very well be the one that has been the biggest surprise out of all the episodes that I've done. Uh, so, yeah, I think this could be extremely, extremely interesting, to say the least. So, if, if I could make a very, very quick introduction. So, where are we? Okay, so right now I'm in the Toyota Mirai. Um, now, is this going to be a traditional Talking Cars episode? Yes and no. So I'm in the car right now. Uh, it's extraordinarily quiet. It's very comfortable. It's very lovely. It's very spacious. Um, it's very luxurious. I think the word to describe what it feels like in here is luxurious. Um, and it really does feel very, very luxurious. I'm kind of surrounded by beautifully plush leather. I mean, this one in particular is the... Uh, I believe they call it their Premium Plus line. Uh, so everything is kind of, you know, very um, quote-unquote Lexus. Uh, that's kind of what I'm feeling from this car, as you guys, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys know. Uh, Toyota owns Lexus. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if, um, if Lexus are the guys that made the car. Uh, the way that I, you know, potentially see uh, this car um, the way that I potentially see this car kind of working is I believe that the internal, uh, the internal mechanics of this vehicle, i.e. the hydrogen fuel cell and all that sort of stuff is potentially made by, is made by Toyota. And I think, you know, this stuff, the interior and all that is maybe done by Lexus. I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to really comment on that. That's just a, uh, a little thought that I've had, um, but honestly, Toyota have done a really, really great job. So, but that's not really what I'm going to be talking about today. So I'm not really going to be talking too much about the car. Instead, I'm going to be kind of talking about what this car stands for um, and what this car could potentially mean for our future. Because I, I, I genuinely believe this could be and maybe a milestone vehicle for us as a civilization in the world of alternative fuel technologies. Um, now, we've always, at the show, we've always been very, very passionate about sustainability, about, you know, uh, being very environmentally uh, conscious and also being, you know, economically conscious with the way that you spend your money. And maybe spending a bit more money now would be better for your wallet in the long term. And we kind of do those calculations and we call that, you know, cost per use calculations and all this sort of stuff. And we've done that before with other items that aren't necessarily vehicles. Um, but this particular car, it, it, it's very, very, very interesting. So what makes it interesting? So that the Mirai is a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle. Um, now, hydrogen fuel cell technology isn't necessarily very new. Uh, from what I understand, the first hydrogen fuel cell vehicle was kind of made around the same time uh, that the Lamborghini Miura uh, was put out. So we're talking, I believe, the late 60s, maybe 68, something like this. Um, so maybe just before we put man on the moon, we also had a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle. Um, so they have been around for a while, but 
Uh, and I guess the same thing is also with, with electric cars. You know, we've kind of had electric cars for a while, but it's only really been recently where we've decided to kind of take them on board um, and really start to adopt them. And obviously, you know, arguably, uh, Tesla is really the, the guys to thank for that, uh, in my humble opinion. But maybe Toyota is going to be the guys that really pioneer the adoption of hydrogen. So this car is a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle. Now, um, for all intents and purposes, this particular car is essentially a electric car. It, it's an electric car in the UK. I don't know if outside the UK you guys have this, but in the UK, electric cars have a green stripe uh, running uh, kind of you know perpendicular to the road. Uh, on the registration plate, on the number plate at the front, and this has that. This is essentially an electric car. But the main difference is, is instead of plugging in your car into a socket or a rapid charger, um, you are filling this car up with hydrogen. And hydro uh, hydrogen is then sent into the hydrogen fuel cell. The hydrogen fuel cell then creates... Uh, energy or electricity, the electricity is then fed into the motors. Um, and there are motors in this car and that's what, you know, allows the car to kind of move. Now, just as a, a precursor to, you know, continuing with the episode, I want to make it very clear, I'm, I'm actually not going to be driving around in this vehicle. And the primary reason is, is um, and this is kind of get, going to get on to later on in the episode about... Uh, infrastructure problems with regards to hydrogen. Um, uh, right now, I've 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 got about uh, eighty eight miles on the clock. Um, uh, now I need some miles uh, uh, to be able to make it to where I need to get to, um, and I also need to make it to a hydrogen fueling station as well, which from where I am right now is about fifty miles away. Um, so unfortunately, I won't be able to be driving it around during this uh, episode today. But rest assured, I've been doing enough driving. Um, and it really has made an impression on me. But unfortunately, I did go to a hydrogen fueling station a few days ago uh, in London. Uh, for some reason, there is no information on the internet. This particular hydrogen fuel station is in an area called Raynham. Um, anyone who owns a hydrogen vehicle... Uh, that is listening. Uh, I would like to uh, provide you, uh, and lives in London, I'd like to provide you with a bit of a warning. The The station in Raynham is, is not active. Um, there is no information online showing that the hydrogen fuel station is not active. Uh, so I'd kind of driven the 20 odd miles that it took to get there, uh, only to be told by someone on the other end of a phone call uh, that the hydrogen fuel station has not been active for some time. Um, this is not an ideal situation and was actually quite frustrating. And I can only imagine, as someone who's running very, very low on hydrogen, I mean, this is really a make or break situation. So I don't really know what happened there, but that's the situation that we find ourselves right now. Um, but as I said, I'm going to kind of talk about that a bit later on. So first and foremost, um, how does a hydrogen fuel cell carb work? Um, and I think it's important that we kind of go through this before I get into my, I guess, impressions um, and maybe some questions, actually, because this so this episode will be followed up with an episode with with Toyota Group um, that uh, should be quite interesting. Uh, they're going to essentially talk to me about the direction they're heading in, what the Mirai means and what 
uh, all the other cars that they've recently announced kind of mean for the future of Toyota Group. And I think that's going to be very interesting. Um, but what exactly is a fuel cell? What exactly is a hydrogen fuel cell car? Um, it's actually quite simple, uh, to be completely honest. Now, um, essentially what it is, is in this particular vehicle, in the Mirai, uh, now, uh, funny factoid actually, uh, uh, one of my friends speaks Japanese and he told me that Mirai essentially means future uh, in Japanese, so I thought that was quite interesting. And I think what this car, the main question that this car has given me is, is this car the future? And that's really what I want to try and answer and maybe help you guys answer, maybe provide some, you know, food for thought as it were. So in this particular vehicle, the setup is, and it's very, very interesting. So the front is the uh, engine as it were. Uh, so an internal combustion engine setup would be the engine at the front and all the other stuff are dissipated amongst the car. This particular vehicle has the hydrogen fuel cell at the front. It has a, it has three hydrogen tanks in this particular car, which from what I understand is quite unusual. I think uh, other cars, I think there's only other, there's two other cars, I think Honda and Hyundai or Hyundai also have hydrogen fuel cell cars. I believe, I don't know if they're in the UK or Europe, but I do know in the US they do have them. Um, I'm sure someone will correct me, uh, but uh, I believe those two have two tanks. This one has three tanks. Um, there's one over the rear axle, so right at the back of the car, there's another one just in front of the rear axle, and there's another kind of running horizontally down the bottom of the car, um, right in the middle. So where the internal column is, it's kind of directly beneath the internal column of the car. So so a separate, quite kind of in between the driver and the passenger. Um, now, that, that's quite interesting. I, I kind of believe it's something to do with weight distribution. Uh, it makes sense to have a hydrogen fuel cell at the front, the tanks, the uh, two tanks kind of, you know, near the rear axle, one running down the middle. And I also believe the uh, electric motors are also swung over uh, the rear axle as well. They're either on top or just behind, I believe. Um, so that's really what the setup is right now. Now, how does it work? Well, the simplest way to explain it is a hydrogen fuel cell uh, is essentially very similar to an internal combustion engine in the way of which, where it takes a, a, a fuel source, in this case hydrogen, um, creates a, a chemical reaction and through that uh, energy is created. And now this particular one, I believe there are about 330 fuel cells uh, up front uh, and a fuel cell um, this one in particular, it draws oxygen from the, from, from the, uh, from the outside, uh, runs it through the fuel cell, draws hydrogen from the tanks, and combines the two and makes them have a, a, a reaction uh, that creates uh, energy, and in this case, uh, electric, to run through into the electric motors, which run the car. And the only, for those who, you know, remember their chemistry, with hydrogen and oxygen, the only byproduct that you produce is, voila, H2O, water. Um, I don't know if you can actually drink this water. It would be an interesting test to do, to be completely honest. And maybe in the future, I'll consult with Toyota and see if I could maybe taste some of the water to see if it's entirely safe. Uh, but 
that's the situation with this particular car. That's how it works. It's very, very fascinating. Um, so what is it kind of like to drive? Well, I think first and foremost, this is an incredible car to drive. The, 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 the ride on this particular vehicle is unbelievable. The, the, the ride on the Mirai is amazing. It, it's very Lexus-like. It's very kind of, you know, luxury saloon-like. Um, absolutely beautiful. And even with the humongous, I believe, 22-inch wheels on this particular model, uh, the, the, the ride was still extraordinary. Everyone I had in this car, the first thing they commented with is the kind of magic carpet-like ride. So it's really fantastic. And I have to say, this is potentially one of the quietest electric cars I've ever driven. And I don't know if that's a result of the hydrogen fuel cell technology. I doubt it. Or maybe it's just because of the, the insulation that's gone into this vehicle. That It's, it's very insulated and... Um, you know, right now I have the panoramic roof open, so there's some noise, but if I close the panoramic roof, just give it a moment. I mean, it really does insulate a lot of the, uh, of the sound out through that. Uh, but generally speaking, I am uh, extremely, extremely happy with this car. Um, I, I, I really do think it's quite spectacular. Um, I, I actually don't know if there is anything that I really dislike about Actually, that's not true. There are, there are a couple of things. Um, the panoramic roof isn't really a panoramic roof. Uh, it has this huge, absolutely humongous um, uh, support structure running through the middle uh, of, the, of the panoramic roof, which really uh, disrupts the experience of having a glass roof. I don't know if this is something to do uh, some some kind of roll bar or something like that. I don't know. Uh, it would be nice to to find out what that what this is, but I don't know. It does ruin the experience of having a panoramic roof, um, and it's not very pretty either. It's not a beautiful thing, uh, whereas most of the other things in this particular in this interior is quite beautiful. Uh, I believe this. I believe the Mirai is actually built on the Lexus LC five hundred platform. Uh, so unfortunately, and this was a real bummer, uh, unfortunately, because this is not a dedicated electric platform, you still have a humongous, humongous uh, transmission tunnel running through the back. Um, I, I was really very, very disappointed when I saw that, very disappointed. I didn't really know what to say about it, to be completely honest. I was, I was, in, I was in minor shock when I saw that, but then it kind of made sense because it's not built on an electric platform. Uh, so I think that's a real missed opportunity there, but maybe in the next generation. Uh, the other kind of gripe I have about this car is unfortunately the leg space for the rear passengers. This is a very big car. This is a huge car, in fact. Um, you know, kind of, in my opinion, in the same size class as something like a maybe an S-Class. I mean, the LC500 is a big car. It's the Lexus Saloon, um, luxury saloon. So I don't know, there's not a lot of leg space at the back. Um, I can't really sit behind myself. I'm about, I'm just over six foot four. I cannot sit behind myself. I could in the Hyundai Ioniq 5, the Mustang Mach-E and, you know, all those other cars that I've that I featured, but unfortunately, in a car that is quite substantially bigger in footprint uh, than those cars, uh, I can't in this. A little bit unfortunate. 
the boot is a strange shape. Uh, however, I could get uh, quite a lot of stuff in there, so that was good. Uh, and we don't have a frunk uh, in this car. As I said, the fuel cell is at the front. So that's just my kind of very brief rundown of what I think of this car. I think this car is fantastic. Um, but there's just a couple of things that I think maybe waiting for the next generation of this particular vehicle would be a good idea. You know, eliminating that transmission tunnel. Um, you know, maybe making the back seats a little bit more comfortable. They are quite restrictive. Uh, however... Uh, when there are slightly smaller passengers behind, so i.e. people who are not over that six-foot mark, uh, they had a really great time back there, actually, because there's a um, uh, there, there's kind of an inbuilt control panel in the uh, in the armrest. Uh, they had a great time. It's uh, although this car is quite involving as a passenger as a driver, it's also very involving as a uh, as a as a passenger at the back as well, because you have control over the over the climate control, over the infotainment system through this touch panel at the back. Very, very interesting idea. Uh, I, I, I did like that. Now, onto, onto, in my opinion, the more interesting thing. So, whenever I approach somebody about this vehicle and I start talking to them about the, fuel, the future of alternative fuel technologies and, you know, how hydrogen might potentially play a role in that, um, and in my opinion, you know, spoiler, spoiler, it should do, and I'm a bit confused as to why it doesn't. There are a few reasons, but, you know, I'm still not really understanding it, to be completely honest, uh, and I'm very excited to understand it. But the main thing is, is they say, oh my God, you're, drive you're driving a bomb. Um, you know, hydrogen, unfortunately, has been paired together within, you know, vernacular and semantics as the same thing as a hydrogen bomb or you know, something like a Zeppelin. You know, do you, I don't know if you guys are familiar with those huge blimps that would fly in the air and they were full of hydrogen and one of them blew up and caught fire. This is an unfortunate association um, and one that I don't think should be made. In fact, I, I, I think it's actually, you know, emphatically wrong uh, to make that association. Uh, it's, it's actually really not fair. Um, Hydrogen cars are extraordinarily safe. Uh, in, in, in fact, I, and I want to make this very, very clear, um, through a recent uh, report that was made, I, I believe in the Mirai, you need five times uh, the amount of crashing power uh, to really make this, uh, the same amount of damage for, the, um, for an internal combustion uh, equivalent. Um, you know, the, these cars are very, very safe. And in, in fact, I believe there was a... There was a study made where uh, they took the hydrogen tank in a Mirai uh, or an equivalent vehicle and shot the hydrogen tank uh, and, and lit it on fire. And now, obviously, you think that this is kind of a really bad situation and maybe you should clear out, you know, at the very least, a hundred meter radius um, or die. And actually, in fact, what happened is because hydrogen is so light, I believe it's you know I actually don't know I think it's something like 14 times lighter than air if I remember correctly it was a very long time since I did my chemistry um, but because it is so light and it is so highly pressured in these in the in these hydrogen tanks um, the hydrogen escaped so quickly and evaporated so quickly from uh, the tank that it actually evaporated faster than it was able to combust 
Um, and they did this over and over and over again and found the same result over and over and over again. So it is very, very interesting. And I believe these tanks are kind of, you know, aluminium layered with carbon fiber and all that sort of stuff. And it's a very, very, very safe vehicle, very, very safe vehicle. Um, and in my opinion, you know, safer than an internal combustion, uh, you know, fairly on par with that of a of, of, of an EV in my opinion, and that's really what the evidence is also suggesting. So the association that you make with hydrogen, dangerous, bomb, not good, very dangerous, this, this it really does need to break. And I think this is really just a matter of a bit of education and some, some separation of semantics. Um, so I'm, I'm glad I've kind of, you know, got that out of the way first and foremost. Um, now, let's go back to that initial question that I had, which is, does hydrogen have a role to play in the future? And my question that's arisen from driving this car now is, why hasn't it been playing a bigger role already? As far as I'm concerned, I really don't get it, unfortunately. Um, why this platform, why this technology hasn't been invested in already by companies like the Teslas and stuff, because this is an electric vehicle. It's just using a different fuel source. It's really made me very, very confused and, 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 and slightly, I think, frustrated uh, is what it's done to me. Now, there are a few reasons and it doesn't take very long for you to realize what those reasons are, first and foremost, but there's very, very easy answers for those reasons. And I want to really quickly just go through them. So first and foremost, why, why isn't hydrogen, you know, bigger yet? Why isn't it really the future? Why aren't all cars producing a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle? Well, first and foremost, the infrastructure of hydrogen is terrible. So in the UK alone, I think that there's only six or seven, maybe 10 hydrogen fueling stations. And I think the majority of them are situated in the south. This is not ideal. I mean, I'm in London and I still have to drive, you know, almost 50 miles to the closest hydrogen fueling station. This is crazy. This is absolutely ridiculous. Um, however, let's rewind the clock a little bit. Electric cars, there was no infrastructure for those and Tesla had to build it once they realized the popularity. Investment went up. People started um, installing electric chargers, whether it was BP or Shell or Tesla or Ionity or GridServe or whatever it might be, they've all started investing once they realized that there was a huge demand for it. Why can't the same thing happen for hydrogen as far as I'm concerned? If hydrogen had taken the same trajectory, I believe that we would have a hydrogen refueling station in every petrol station or gas station. That's just my opinion using comparative evidence in the form of electric vehicle technology. Um, I think that there's also, to give them credit as well, you know, hydrogen fueling stations are quite a substantially larger investment. So I believe that, the, you know, the last report that came out, I think it cost something like, I think it cost something like a, like 150,000, I think $30,000 for a, yes, I believe $30,000 for a, a gas, um, um, a gas refueling thing. Um, 
I think $150,000 for an EV one, I believe, or, or maybe I'm slightly incorrect, uh, and $2 million for a for hydrogen refueling station. That This is um, uh, quite a, a serious, serious uh, bump up. So I guess I'll give it that. But as I said, as demand goes up, the price comes down. Uh, you know, this is just, that's why it is right now, because there aren't many people using hydrogen right now in their cars if any. Um, the other one is the price of hydrogen. Again, this follows the same, um, this follows the same kind of, you know, answer as what I just provided with the um, infrastructure of hydrogen refueling stations. Right now, hydrogen is very, very expensive. Now, there was a report that came out recently about green hydrogen. Uh, so green versus grey hydrogen. This is a very interesting debate going on right now. Um, and it kind of showed that, you know, by 2025, green hydrogen should be about the same price as an equivalent fossil fuel. <laughs> so it's, uh, I, 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 I don't know, you know, and again, electric has kind of gone the same way. And, you know, that's interesting. And it's also green hydrogen. I, th I think that's also very, very interesting. So I believe it was Toyota's chief operating officer. Um, I, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but I remember seeing this clip and he was essentially talking about cow manure. So I guess one of the big, one of the other issues with hydrogen is a lot of people believe that to produce the hydrogen, you know, in small quantities is totally fine. But when you then go up into a large scale hydrogen production, you know, you start to produce quite a lot of carbon monoxide, which is, which is not a good thing. Uh, however, that's, I believe, the grey hydrogen. Uh, when you then start looking into green hydrogen, this is where things get very, very interesting. And it was the COO of Toyota Group who said that the evidence shows that the manure produced from a single cow is in uh, the, the manure produced from a single cow is enough to run a Mirai for an entire year. And that's really interesting when you think about it, because if you if you have entire cattles of these cows and you you manage to collect the manure uh, and in some way create, uh, well, not in some way, there already are plants that are converting manure into hydrogen and other byproducts, um, mainly water. Um, but that's also a really good way of doing that. And that's currently being explored. And I think the reports show that by 2025, uh, hydrogen should come down significantly in price. Uh, I believe right now in the US, hydrogen is about $18 or $16 per kilogram. Uh, hydrogen is measured in uh, in weight as opposed to volume, uh, which is what your petrol diesel is me measured in, uh, or kilowatt hours, which is what your electric car is run on, uh, is measured in rather. So those are the arguments that are in place. I think those are the three main arguments, or four main arguments, is safety, which is, you know, a moot point as far as I'm concerned. Infrastructure, which makes perfect sense right now, but with adoption of these vehicles, that goes down dramatically because incentive goes up. You know, price of hydrogen, that will come down as well. And also, uh, another thing I want to add to price. So, so companies like Toyota are actually offering unbelievable fuel incentives. So, I, I again, I, I don't know if I'm entirely accurate with this, but I believe it's something like £15,000 worth of credit that you get um, once you buy a Toyota, Toyota Mirai. So you have a, a little card, 
when you go to a hydrogen refueling station, you put this card in the machine, you know, it will spit it back out and it's got about £15,000 worth of credit in there. So these companies recognise what the what the barriers are to buying hydrogen fuel cell cars are and they're trying their best to be able to mitigate those 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 um, those negatives as it were so that's also very very interesting so these points have very very interesting answers to them and fairly interesting solutions as well now when you're dealing with an electric vehicle Unfortunately, and this is where my mind has kind of been boggled, I guess, a little bit, is when you have an electric car, you plug it in. First and foremost, is an electric car better than a IC, an internal combustion engine vehicle? Yes, absolutely. We need to get rid of them because they're terrible and they're running on a finite resource and whatnot. In my opinion, I think electric vehicle technology needs to be discussed on a slightly bigger scale. So we need to understand, okay... It's great that we're not spitting anything out the back through an exhaust pipe, i.e., you know, really bad chemicals like the carbon monoxides and all this sort of stuff. And even with a catalytic, catalytic converter, you're still emitting quite a substantial amount of, you know, greenhouse gases. This is not good. Um, so we need to get rid of that. But where is the energy coming from that's coming through your, your plug? You know, that's a real question that needs to be answered. So I believe in the north... Uh, part of the UK, uh, I believe most of those individuals are kind of running off of nuclear now, I believe. In the South, we don't really have that benefit. We're still running off of essentially coal. Um, so is it as environmentally friendly as you think? I don't think so. Are we moving towards the nuclear? Absolutely. I think we need to move a bit faster, in my opinion. Um, we definitely need to move a bit faster, to be completely honest. Uh, and I think anyone who doesn't agree with that, I, I, I don't really know what to say to you, but we do need to move faster towards, faster towards you know, these clean energy alternatives like nuclear, like wind, like solar, uh, you know, geothermal, whatever it might be. Um, but I think we need to really take that in consideration. Now, with hydrogen, you don't need to take that into consideration anymore because... First and foremost, the only thing you're spitting out at the back is H2O. And the Mirai has a feature, I believe it's called purging, where, you know, you park the car and the byproduct of H2O is stored in the vehicle. You press a button, for lack of a better term, it essentially urinates on the floor. <laughs> it, it releases uh, through a nozzle um, or a valve uh, the hydrogen onto, onto the ground where your car is parked. Uh, and I think that's, and that's literally all you're releasing. Um, the hydrogen that you put into the vehicle, um, if it's from a green source, you know, which most of the hydrogen available now through filling stations is through green uh, source, and it's made on a fairly small scale, um, you know, it's not detrimental to the environment. Uh, so in my opinion, this cycle seems to be a lot better. I don't know. And also the other thing that's confusing me a little bit is with electric cars, you know, you have to rely on the, uh, on the constant technological advancements of rapid charging technology. Um, this requires, you know, new charging stations and it also requires new battery technology. Um, so it needs batteries to be able to take that kind of energy, like the 250 kilowatt hours. Um, 
the, those kind of rapid charging speeds, which unfortunately most of the cars don't support. Uh, they only really go up to 50 kilowatt hours uh, in real, in kind of in real, real life settings. Um, and, you know, even with a rapid charger, and this is outside of the world of Tesla, um, even with a rapid charger, it will still take you about 35 to 45 minutes to really fully charge your car. Uh, we're talking, you know, eight or nine or even 10 hours uh, from a domestic charger. This is crazy stuff. And, you know, after you've owned an electric car, you do get used to it. Um, but what this has made me realize, you know, having this Mirai has made me realize is do we need to get used to the inconvenience um, of constantly having to hang around if there is this other alternative in the form of hydrogen and fuel cell technology? Because a hydrogen car takes about, uh, I, I believe the Mirai is approximately around four to five minutes from an empty tank or tanks uh, to full in, three or, in, in four to five minutes. And then you're on your way again. It's, it's actually equivalent to the time uh, that it takes to fill up a petrol or a diesel vehicle. Um, you know, these are things that I have now started to learn and started to realize that have made me start to question why has hydrogen fuel cell technology not been adopted greater? It should be, as far as I'm concerned, it should be. And I think... You know, is a hydrogen fuel cell quite expensive to produce? Yes, it is. But then again, is a is a is a chassis of lithium and cobalt um, batteries very expensive? Yeah, that, that that's also extremely expensive. And I, I think the Mirai you can buy for about fifty thousand pounds. You know, there there about so it is expensive right now. But then again, the original Tesla Roadster was about one hundred twenty thousand dollars. That is also very, very expensive, and that's because it was a first-of-its-kind kind of thing. Um, you need greater adoption to be able to create that mass-market vehicle. You know, that's the structure. It's the, the Roadster to the S to the X to the 3, and the 3 was that mass-market everyone-can-have vehicle, and we're not there with hydrogen fuel cell right now. So it's a, it's a very unfair battle for people to compare the two industries, in my opinion, and that's where my frustration comes from. I think people are dunking on hydrogen fuel cell technology for no reason. Um, I think what we need to do instead is just kind of realize, is this where we're going right now? Because it's faster to charge up. And in most circumstances, you have a much, much, much longer range with a hydrogen fuel cell car uh, because you're able to carry more hydrogen as opposed to lumping together more batteries, which increases the weight, which you know, means you have to move more weight. And then, and then, of course, you get that kind of point where the car gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And is the efficiency of the vehicle going up at the same time? I don't think so. I think you're just increasing the power or the amount of energy you can carry uh, at an inverse effect to the weight. I mean, this is not a good situation to be in. So, you know, it's it's really been very, very, very fascinating for me to understand this. And I think, you know, congratulations, Toyota. I mean, you've really made a very, very beautiful car. It's a stunning car to look at as well. Uh, you know, the one thing that people say to me is I can't believe it's a Toyota. And I think that's a massive compliment to you guys that you have made such an extraordinary car. So, you know, well done. I mean, I think it's very, very, very well done. I also love the fact that you guys are deciding to pioneer the hydrogen fuel cell technology because someone needs to, and I'm very confused why 
you know, not many people are doing that and instead they're jumping on board on the pure electric thing when to me it seems as though that hydrogen is really where we should be going, you know, because a lot of the reasons why hydrogen may not potentially be the way to go is actually just moot points, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and that's kind of what the evidence is showing as well. Um, but no, it's been great. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry uh, to my audience. I didn't really talk a lot about the car. I mean, there's not... All, all I have to say is it's a fantastic car. Uh, it, it really is. It's comfortable. It's, you know, I, I can kind of just tell you guys very, very quickly, I guess, you know, this car, you know, is pretty. This one in particular is the fully loaded version. This is the premium line. Uh, pretty much everything on there. This has all of your driver aids, very similar to every other car that I've had. It's got the, you know, the radar uh, cruise control. It has lane, um, lane assist. It can pretty much you know, drive itself um, with very minimal uh, interaction from the driver. Uh, I mean, it's a great, great, great car. I, I genuinely have enjoyed driving it. Um, I mean, I guess my only complaint would be uh, the the gloss plastic. I've never really been a big fan of gloss plastic. I think it makes the car look quite cheap and it marks very easily. Um, Aside from that, it has beautiful ambient lighting across the interior. Uh, as I said, very soft, plush leathers everywhere. The performance of the vehicle isn't great. Uh, I don't know if that is also a downside of having the hydrogen fuel cell, is maybe it's not as, not, not as powerful as a pure EV. I, I don't know, I'm, I need to learn more about that. Um, I think the 0 to 60 times on this is about seven seconds, so it's not fast. But because of the zero torque nature of an electric car, it feels a lot faster than seven seconds. You know, I've I've driven cars that are seven or eight seconds, not sixty. Um, and in fact, I, in fact, what I will say is the Kia e-Niro was slightly faster than this car, and this car feels faster than that. And I think maybe it's just a result of it being a bit lower to the ground and 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 all that, and you know, slightly fatter tires and all that. It's better traction. Um. But, you know, it, for me, it's not about the car. For me, it's about what this car means. And this car is a fascinating, fascinating vehicle. And I think it's a great car. And I think, Toyota, you've done a great job. This is your second gen. I'm very excited to see what third gen brings along. And I hope that the other car manufacturers realize, you know, this kind of golden, this, 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 this golden nugget that they're missing out on as far as I'm concerned, this, this, this diamond in the rough in terms of hydrogen, because we need better infrastructure around the world and in the UK. I know the US has, has piddling, you know, hydrogen infrastructure. It's, it's, it's really unfortunate and quite pitiful. Um, very similar in the UK as well. We need to change this. This needs to improve. And I, I think this is really exciting. I think that's what this car has done for me. It's made me very excited, you know, and... I, I think I'm just very excited to be able to relay this information with you because I've been doing a lot of research and trying to understand as much as I can about this. And I have to say, uh, I'm also very excited to be able to do the the, the, the upcoming episode as well uh, with Toyota themselves and kind of talk about their direction. Um, I'm sure they're going to talk about a lot of stuff that maybe you guys don't know. I know they're going to talk about a lot of stuff that I don't know as well. Um, and yeah, this is a learning journey. 
uh, and this episode has been an absolute delight to put together. So I have to say to you guys, thank you so much uh, for listening. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure today, uh, you know, spending some time with you. Uh, I hope your weeks have been going well. I hope your new year has started well as well. Um, and I have to thank you for dedicating your time, your effort, uh, being a listener of the show and supporting all the work that I do. So thank you so much. Uh, and I hope you have a great day and stay curious. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you.